What up, what up, it's your man Sam, host of Just Talk With Sam Podcast. Just Talk With Sam Podcast. Man, this podcast, we got a treat for you guys. I get a chance to talk to a living legend himself, um, Mr. Trevor Vine Eden. Those who are in the know know Trevor Vine Eden as a um, pioneer, a visionary. Quite honestly, we was talking at Comic-Con, and we just had to have it on the podcast. Trevor Von Eden was the youngest artist to ever be hired by DC Comics. At 17 years of age, excuse me, the first black youngest comic, I want to make that plain. He penciled the new Black Lightning, being he created the new, well, have created he gave the artistry to what we know as Black Lightning. And then from there, his career took on. He moved on to other projects with DC, like Black Canary. Then he did his own stuff, like most recently, the original Johnson. And we get into all of that in this podcast. Good, bad, in between. This guy's an institution and a beacon of positivity. And it was my honor to sit down and talk with him. But before we get into this podcast, hey, we got to pay some bills around here. I want to thank all the people who support the podcast by going to the home for all things revolving around the Just Talk With Sam podcast. That is samshownation.com. Yes, samshownation.com is your home for everything revolving around the Just Talk With Sam podcast. Right there on the homepage and current promotions page, there is a donate button. I encourage you to click that because this has always been a crowdsourced podcast. Takes a lot to hear me talk and we never push the cost on to you guys to keep the free funny to keep the free podcast free if you feel so inclined please hit that donate button give whatever makes you feel like a good person also we got a little swag for you guys maybe you want a little bang for your buck maybe you want to show your love throughout your daily life you can always go to samshownation.com and you can hit that store link and right there when you hit that store link you can catch all the sam show nation swag whether that be t-shirts whether that be hats whether that be stickers it's all right there via samshownation.com you can go ahead click what you want order it and we'll send it to you lickety split and it goes right there as you go through your life representing just talking with sam podcast speaking of podcasts you can always go to samshownation.com and you hit that podcast link and you can listen to all of your favorite podcasts or maybe some of the ones you missed maybe some you got to catch up you can catch them all right there at samshownation.com by hitting that podcast link but maybe you don't listen to podcasts that way we are currently available on stitcher tune in google play spotify and lastly and certainly not leastly good old itunes it's right there and when you're on itunes you subscribe rate and review the podcast right then and there tell us what you like about the podcast give us five stars tell us what you don't like about the podcast give us five stars it's all right there and all ready to go so please go ahead and do that and before i talk to my very special guest mr trevor bond eaton um we got a couple of sponsors this week first sponsor new sponsor it's the good folks at thrifty rental car thrifty rental car knows that summer has started and it's time for you guys to hit that open road and thrifty rental car is all about discovering new places with old friends so before you take that road you can get a thrifty rental car and you can get some of everything that you would need to get on the road and drive whether that be 
a coupe, sedan, or SUV to meet your next adventure, Thrifty Rental Car has it for you. The only thing we ask you to do is go to samshownation.com. You click that Thrifty link and you can catch all of the cars, all of the deals, and all of the locations that they pretty much are. If you are around a metropolitan uh, airport, they're usually right there. But maybe you want a convertible because it's hot. Maybe you want some luxury. Maybe you want a minivan. Get you and a family out there. Maybe you want a truck. Maybe you just want to leave it up to them and call it a wild card. Whatever they got, they deal of the day. It's a smart bet. It's your best bet to get the uh, great ride at a low rate. You will always have one low rate with a compact or larger car if you put on that wild card. All of these things can be met right there at Sam Show Nation by hitting the thrifty rental car uh, rental car place. So reserve now. Take advantage of all the great discounts. Oh, also, if you're a AAA member, they have additional discounts for you. So go to samshownation.com, click the thrifty rental car link, and get on that open road. Next sponsor is the good folks at MoviePass. You guys know what Movie Pass is, and you guys know what a movie is. It is the summertime. A lot of great movies are hitting the theaters. But one thing with Movie Pass, Movie Pass is a revolutionary new movie theater subscription service. Yes, when you get a Movie Pass for the low, low price of $9.95 a month, you can get unlimited movies in over 4,000 theaters nationwide with a monthly fee of $9.99. You just click it and you have one free movie one day every day for the rest of your life as long as you have the subscription service. This very unique service is getting a lot of buzz right now and continues to grow. Movie Pass consumers get the unlimited movies nationwide for the low low price of ten dollars a month nine ninety five a month sorry just about anyone who goes to the movies more than a few times a month you will get the savings hey sometimes you could be on a budget but if you're on movie pass you can catch the newest latest movies right there and you can rediscover the magic of cinema personally I have it I'm a bit of a cinema cinema buff movie buff cinephile whatever you want to call it this right here, I could catch all of the new movies coming to a theater near you, me, and everyone else for the low, low price of $9.95 a month. For the low, low price of one ticket, I have a monthly subscription service that allows me to see all. So please go to samshownation.com, you click that movie pass link, and you can catch any movie, any theater, any day. Please sign up today. The next sponsor is the good folks at Walmart. Yes, Walmart wants you to celebrate dad. Look, Father's Day is right around the corner. You can celebrate dad by finding the perfect gift to suit his style right there at Walmart. The only thing we ask you to do is go to samshownation.com right there on the current promotions link. You click that Father's Day Walmart link and you could get everything. Maybe your dad is a tech guru. Maybe your dad is a handyman. Maybe your dad is well, maybe you don't know. He's a well-dressed guy, and you want to keep him that way. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you do. But I'm pretty sure Walmart got it. Everything that you would need for your dad is right there at Walmart.com with their perfectly curated list 
for the special dad in your life whether he likes to dress or maybe he's completely dirty maybe he's a tech guru or maybe he needs a shave maybe he likes watching tv or maybe he's fixing on something he got it right there at walmart the only way we ask you to celebrate dads who rock is to find the perfect father's day gift for dad at walmart.com via samshownation.com so get everything that you would need for your father's day at walmart via samshownation.com yes go to samshownation.com under current promotions link and hit that walmart button and get everything that you would need hurry up because father's day is right around the corner and lastly and certainly not leastly the granddaddy of them all amazon.com yes go to samshownation.com right there on the home page and current promotions page you can hit that amazon banner and you can get some great art from our special guest i'm pretty sure he appreciated from trevor by eden maybe you like black canary maybe you like black lightning maybe you want to jump on the original johnson it's all right there at amazon only thing we ask you to do is go to samshownation.com you click that banner on the home page and current promotions page i'm pretty sure um i guess would appreciate it and um you can go from there i had a great time talking to this guy and i'm pretty sure you can appreciate his art when you go to samshownation.com you click that amazon banner on the home page and current promotions page so what i'm gonna do i'm gonna shut down these mics and in about 90 seconds, you will hear me talk to a living legend himself, Mr. Trevor Von Eden. See you in a few. This is Just Talking Sam Podcast, y'all. Just Talking Sam Podcast. Put your name on it. You don't talk about it. Be about it. I don't know this till like right now. Seriously. Tunes, y'all. But it's obvious. We, we never write this out. Small podcasting note before we get into this interview with Jack Johnson. I almost forgot. I just want to uh, own up to the fact that, yes, in this podcast, we do a lot of talking about the boxer Jack Johnson in reference to Trevor Vine Eden's graphic novel, The Original Johnson. However, we do not bring up the presidential pardon that he got 105 years too late, if you ask me, 
But he did get a presidential pardon. The reason we don't talk about that for Jack Johnson is that this podcast, this interview was recorded before that presidential pardon happened. So we're not being insensitive. We just want to say that this interview happened before that. And quite honestly, if you want to know my real thoughts, I'm very interested to know Trevor Von Eden's thoughts about that. Maybe we'll welcome him back to the podcast because he's in due for a second time around. So that's all I got. Here's the interview with legend, le- living legend, great human being, and just just a downright great guy, Mr. Trevor Von Eden from Comic Con, Motor City Comic Con 2018. Here we go. Trevor Vaiden, sir, you are a living legend, an institution, man. I, I'm living. I'm living. That's good. I wanted to speak with you mainly because, I mean, you are a pioneer in the game, man. Not only did you create a super seminal character such as Black Lightning, co-created. I co-created Black Lightning. I just designed the costume and drew the original series. Tony Isabella created the character. I co-created him because I designed the original costume and drew the original series. Just to be technical. All right, all right. I right, get credit where credit's due, but that's why. That's why nowadays the credits say created by Tony Isabella with Trevor Von Eden rather than and. Okay. The reason, I, but that's not what made you a pioneer. You were one of the first black artists in DC. All right. Hey, let's just jump right into it. What got you interested in comics in the first place and want to work in the comic book industry? That's a good question. Uh, what got me interested in comics? First of all, I love reading. All right. I taught myself to draw because when I was younger, first of all, um, I was born in South America. I came to New York when I was in 1970 when I was about 10, going on 11. All right. Um, I discovered comics when I was about eight years old, back in Guyana. I discovered Rawhide Kid, uh, Sergeant Fury, Thor, Kirby Comics. I discovered back in Guyana. I didn't discover American comics till I came here, and I befriended um, a guy named Al Simonson, whom I met in high school, junior high school. He was a tall guy, the nerd, nerdish type, real shy. Um, but something about him appealed to me, so I started talking to him and became friends. I kind of brought him out of his shell. You know, he ended up being a real dog. Like, Al became a real dog. But the thing is, um, he, in return, shared his comic book collection with me. Okay. So I discovered, from the two or three comics I, I'd read in, in South America, I discovered the thousands, hundreds of thousands that existed in America when I came here. So that energized me. I was I got completely into comics here in America. As far as how I began drawing comics, when I was in um, junior high school and high school, the teachers, well, I guess in every class, the teachers tend to teach the um, classes two, three times right. for the source students to catch up. I would get it the first time. So to alleviate the boredom of school, I would start drawing in my margins because of the comics that I read that turned me on. As I, Going back to what I said before, I taught myself to draw just to put the um, images in my head that reading had put there, just to see those on paper. Now, when I was younger, I read a lot of serious literature. I mean, classics, I was an A student, I love reading. Comic books were at first an escape from serious reading, and then they became a joy unto themselves. Because this was something that, 
just people just like me created for fun. Right. You know, these books that I was reading as a kid and enjoying were being created by real people. So at the time, I never thought I'd become a comic artist. I just enjoyed reading comics. I enjoyed reading. Reading encouraged me to become an artist to draw. Right. So getting back to high school, I started practicing drawing in the margins um, during the store the store classes. Uh, pretty gorgeous walk by. And um, um, oh, my friend Al Simonson took some of my drawings, sent it into DC Comics for a critique. They sent him back a form letter saying, um, you know, very good, blah, blah, blah. And at the bottom of that form letter, it said, it was a personal handwritten note. It said, if you're ever in the neighborhood, drop by. I lived in the Bronx, DC's in Manhattan, 45 minutes away. So two weeks later, because it took two weeks for me to realize this was real, <laughs> uh, I dropped by. And I was sitting in the waiting room. And all of a sudden, while I'm waiting to be introduced into the back sanctum sanctorum, uh, uh, the door opened and a guy peeked his head out and looked at me and then kind of went back in. I'm like, what yeah. the hell that was about? It turns out, when he peeked his head out, he saw that I was black. Yeah. Which they didn't know. You know, they sent me that form letter and saying, come drop by because we like your work. 16 year old, not bad. So when I show up, it, oh, he's brown skin. At that time, my timing was perfect. Because at that time, DC Comics was just thinking of creating the first black superhero, Black Lightning. DC Comics' original ID before Tony Isabella for their first black superhero was a, a, a character called the Black Bomber, which was a white man who turns black in times of stress and says shit like, after rescuing a, a black family from a fire, I can't believe I just risked my life to rescue those jungle bunnies. This was DC Comics' idea for their first black superhero, a white racist who turns black in, terms of, in times of stress wait, wait, and that? says racist shit like that. So when Tony Isabella came along I'm and said, wrap my head I know, I know, I'm continuing just to, to give you the time to do it, because when Tony came, Isabella came along and said, hey, what do we make DC Comics' first black superhero black? And what do we make him a teacher? Because what do black people need to know? Every fucking thing. So, <laughs> that's why I venerate Tony Isabella, because if it weren't for him, Black Lightning probably wouldn't have been black. They probably wouldn't have been a Black Lightning. He'd have been the Black been Bomber. A, it probably would have been a white guy and turning black, turning black in, in times of stress. stress. Oh black. my God! This shit, like I can't believe I risked my life to save those jungle bunnies. Oh my God! DC Comics, the Superman, Homer, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. That was their fucking idea for their first black superhero. So Tony came by, did that. So when I was in the office, they're like, "Oh, he's 16. He's brown skin." Took me to Joe Orlando's office. Joe Orlando told me, "He's like, we have a black book we want you to do." And I'm 16, I'm from South America, I don't know shit about racism, so I'm envisioning a book with black pages. I'm like, how are you going to draw that? And then he says, um, we have a black superhero, he explained it. I'm like, yeah. oh, you mean a black superhero, that's not a black book. And then he said, um, we're going to give you $22 for it. Oh, I'm 16, that's I'm thinking, all, that's all it take, huh? I'm thinking $22 for a whole fucking comic book, that's a lot of money. Then he says, $22 per page. Mm. And that's when I sat down, because back then I was big. Oh, oh yeah. Anyway, that's funny because in hindsight, twenty dollars ain't nothing.
<laughs> well, now with inflation, but but here's the thing: for a 16-year-old kid to, to have the opportunity to draw comic books, I would have paid them 22 bucks, right? That goes to that thing. All right, so that's why I got the job because they invited me in because they saw my work, and then they realized I was brown, so they capitalized on that. Okay, I mean, like the first book came out in 1976, like you said, but I mean, seeing is what they were going to go with how important was that to the culture at dc let alone the culture at large all right well the culture at dc is just plain racist so i can't speak on that okay um one thing i was going to say before is um wait i, I kind of lost my train of thought for a minute um oh okay, okay. it was uh, oh after they decided to have me draw Black Lightning, I wanted to mention this. I was 16 years old. Right. The management of DC Comics called me to their offices and told me, they said, um, we would like you to leave school and draw comics for us full time. Here's the thing. I'm 16 years old at the time. I graduated high school. I was a freshman in Columbia University studying to be a doctor because my entire family are doctors and nurses. I'm the black sheep of the family because I want to be an artist. Doctors and nurses tend to think of people as a collection of organs and glands. I think of people as a collection of thoughts and ideas, that which motivates the organs and glands. Makes sense. Yeah, that's why I'm an artist. But anyhow, my point is, um, DC Comics told a 16-year-old at no point did they speak to my parents. This is my point here. They asked, told a 16-year-old to leave school, to leave Columbia University, to draw comics. That's a big deal. That is a big fucking deal. It is a big deal to me now because I'm a grown-up. But back then I was 16. That's something you speak to a child's parents about. Alright? I just want to mention that. That aside, I gotta tell you, the only time I ever cut classes because I'm an A student was my freshman year at Columbia University because I have never met a more stuck-up group of students in my entire life. The first semester at Columbia University, I could not stand the students. They were so goddamn stuck-up. All right. So when they made me the offer to become to make history by becoming DC Comics' youngest artist, the first black artist ever hired, and to co-create the black superhero, I thought about it for two and a half seconds. Yeah. But again, that's something they should ask my parents about in hindsight. Right. right so I wanted to mention that. Um, this whole thing about Columbia University. 40 years later, when I decided to write my first book, the original Johnson, the story of Jack Johnson, okay. the first black heavyweight champion of the world, and the, black, the first black man who conquered racist white America single-handedly, before Muhammad Ali, before Bruce Lee, or Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis ain't nothing. Joe Lewis is a good boxer. Joe Lewis is an Uncle Tom in personality. All right. I'm talking about. I'm talking about people. Jack Johnson was not just a great boxer. He was a great man. Joe Lewis was a great boxer. He was not a great man. He ended up as a doorman. He was an Uncle Tom to Uncle Sam, unfortunately. And Uncle Sam screwed him big time. And nothing against Joe Lewis the boxer. Joe Lewis the man I got no respect for. Well, I'm just saying, as in the world of champions, because Jack Johnson, yep. Yeah, Jack Johnson is the ultimate champion because he did not just conquer his opponents in the ring. He conquered racist America when it was legal. Uh, Jack Johnson married three white women when he could have got shot for looking at a white woman. Emmett Till, a 14-year-old boy, was horribly murdered 
50 years after Jack Johnson, just for whistling at a white woman, all right? In Jack Johnson's time, he was the target for racism. And the secret to Jack Johnson, which we today have yet to understand, is he conquered racist America because he was not racist. They asked Jack Johnson, what's your feeling of race? It's like treat people as if race does not exist, because it doesn't. Race is an illusion created by the original racist to perpetuate the idea of race. Because once you believe in the concept of race, you're a racist. Racism doesn't mean violence. Racism means believing that the one human race com composed of many different people are, is actually composed of many different races. When you particularize the human race into many different segments of races, two things happen. One, each individual quote-unquote race believes they're different from other people. And the inherent tenet is that my race is the original human race. And if you're different, you should be treated as different, exactly. or whatever different mean to you, better, worse, well, yeah, or whatever. We live in a country which was built by these supposedly superior people taking these inferior Africans and enslaving them. And it was flipped. We built the country. Yeah, but the thing is, here's the thing. Superior people do not enslave and brutalize. Superior people educate and enlighten. So the bullshit that we as black people have suffered under for millennia in Western civilization, not just America, because the basic tenet of Western civilization is that black people are inferior. America just capitalized on that and made it their special sauce. Okay. But that is the whole thing about Western civilization. And this is what Jack Johnson conquered completely. He didn't just say it. He didn't just uh, uh, preach it. He, he lived it. This oh, man stepped into a fucking ring when the entire audience was singing All Coons Look Alike to Me, some racist song back then. Can you imagine a black boxer today stepping into the ring with the crowd chanting any kind of racist epithet and that boxer keeping his cool? You can't imagine that today. Jack Johnson did that a hundred and some, 1908. Was that a hundred and God knows how many years ago. I can't even do math right now. Let's say uh, 108. I just, if 1908, so 108. 100, 110. 110. 2018. Right. This guy stepped into the ring to defend himself and his people and his dignity with that chance in his ears. And if you look at pictures of Jack Johnson, you see a man smiling like they ain't got no, he's got no worries in, in the world. Jack Johnson has a smile a hundred years ago that you will not see on a man's face today. The man has a face completely free of anger, completely free of hatred, completely free of bitterness. Where is that today? Since Jack Johnson's time, black people have been taught to do everything opposite to Jack Johnson. You mentioned Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis was specifically primed to be the anti-Jack Johnson. Never smile at a 
white woman. Never uh, gloat after you've beaten a black man. I mean, after you've beaten a white man. Be humble. Don't make waves. Be anti-Jack Johnson. All right? My point is, and I know distract, I got away from it, my yeah, point yeah. is Black Lightning is the first black superhero in the fictional world. Jack Johnson was the first black superhero in the real world. But, and this is what black people need to know. All right? Race is a fallacy. Any, any sentence you use, when you use the word race, substitute the word people. Got it. And you'll have a more accurate sentence and you will not be a racist. You know, for centuries, white racists have been brutalizing black people. So people think that racism is about violence. It's not. That's just their particular expression of their narrow-mindedness. When I say their, I mean white racists. I, I get it. Not white people. White racists. Those right? who committed the crimes in the first no, place. Racists. Anyone okay. who believes in race. Anyone who believes that my race is superior to your race. And then for some reason that means I have to enslave you instead of educate you. That's a stupid people. But if they want to think they're superior, that's fine. But do not. Do not fall into the trap of using the word race. The concept race makes you a racist. The only time you should use the concept or word race is when you use the word human before it. Otherwise, you're degrading humanity. Alright? You want to be a human being? Believe in humanity. You want to believe in race? You're a racist. Not you, but okay, any. I get what you're saying. So, Jack Johnson, by his living example, and I straight I straight from Black Lightning, because yeah. Jack Johnson is more important to me as a human being. Because it's a real thing. Because He's the first real black superhero in America that a, a black Americans don't know about because for the past hundred years, his story has been told by white men. I'm the first man to tell. I'm the first black man to tell Jack Johnson's story. I'm the first man to tell it in graphic novel form. I'm the first man, black or white, to explain how he did what he did. They couldn't. So his legacy for the past 100 years has been this supernatural black man who did something that no other black person possibly could. This is Jack Johnson's legacy that I'm trying to break. I'm saying Jack Johnson was a great human being. And what he did, you can do, and I did. Because I learned from him. Do not believe anything but what you know. Do not place your happiness in every, anyone else's hands but yours. Because my personal philosophy, which I bring to the table, which I've known since I was eight years old, is that God is inside of you. No matter what church you go to, no matter what you believe in, your God is inside of you. You're supposed to go to church after you found God. You don't go to church to find God. God is the, th the part of you that is aware of itself, that's aware of other people, the part of you that creates, the part of you that can understand life and has a memory that can take what you see, add it to what you know, and create something new. That's art. Now, you're through that, you have to believe in yourself. You've got to realize your humanity, your love, your, your God itself begins and ends in you. I'm not going to lie, Trevor. I feel in super 
inspired right now. <laughs> I do. I, I really do. I'm out of here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's no, but here's what I mean. But I mean, as a creator, a creator of Black Lightning. I want to get back to Black. Lightning. Oh no. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you up. Like I feel super inspired. I'm just saying, like it's very inspiring to me to see a guy, fictional or not, looks like me. Yes. Well, this is what I'm getting to Black Lightning now. Okay. First of all, I love the TV show. It's absolutely awesome. I love everything about it. I'm not crazy about the new costume, but Chris pulls it off. Right? Yeah. I love everything about the show, even the music. I did a panel in Philly with, with the cast like a month ago, and at one point I actually got up and spoke to the audience because I wanted to make this point about the Black Lightning show, which relates to everything else I said. I already spoke about um, Jack Johnson. The Black Lightning TV show, the very first episode, in the beginning, it opens uh, Jefferson Pierce. He's a principal. Yeah, yeah. Right? And he has a call and response with the students. So he says, who's the future? We are. Yeah. How are you going to get there? By any means necessary. Sam, when I first saw the first episode, when it got to that point, it was like five minutes into the thing, I fell in love with the, I fell in love with the entire series, and I'll tell you why. By any means necessary is a famous saying attributed to Malcolm X, who died about 60 years ago. Again, the racist culture we live in has programmed us for the past 60 years to think that means violence. Not. No. Why can't it mean education? It just means the any means. Any That's means necessary. Yeah, in Malcolm is. X's time. The key word is necessary. But here's the thing. What's necessary for us to realize is where we are, not just who we are. And despite what Malcolm said, despite what Jack Johnson said, what most of us are aware of is what we are told. Alright? Mm -hmm. So you and I know what Malcolm meant. You and I now know what Jack Johnson meant. But the general public thinks that by any means necessary means violence. Because right. in Malcolm's time, black people were routinely brutalized. So in his in his time he was saying yes, by any means necessary doesn't mean self-defense. Doesn't mean violence. It means self-defense. At one point they had firebombed his house, threw a bomb into his house late at night. The thing landed like a, a, a couple of feet away from the bedroom where his four children slept. He got his family out of the house in the middle of the night. There's a photograph of Malcolm X standing inside of his home with a rifle in his hand, looking out the window, because this has happened shortly after the firebomb. He's like, if anybody comes, you know, I'm here to protect well, We're going to try, right. try it again. But what, again, the culture we live in, the racist culture we still live in. They flipped that picture. They used that picture, uh, um, accompanying that phrase, by any means necessary, to emphasize in their minds that Malcolm is trying to incite violence. Not even self-defense, violence, right? So now, six years later, just as I said, Jack Johnson's original message to his people, us, has been perverted for a hundred years by white racist reporters who not only don't understand him, but don't even know how he did what he did until I came along and said and explained both. But that warped legacy of Jack Johnson's, same thing with Malcolm X, all right? The Black Lightning TV show, when they used that phrase, and they didn't even bother to explain it. They, they didn't have to. No. But the, it just cemented my point. I'm like, for 60 years that phrase has meant a call to violence. Here's Black Lightning saying in a, the opening of TV show, stating that this is our mantra. Interpret it however the fuck you want. We know what it means. It means by any means 
necessary? Knowledge. Education. This is my whole point. Jack Johnson, a real superhero, real black superhero, Black Lightning, a fictional black superhero. What do they have in common that black people need to learn? A belief in themselves. Alright? Black people love Jesus. Jesus is a white God that's been programmed. Alright? Black people are raised from children believing in a white Jesus. Alright? So I got nothing against Jesus. But what do, what what I have against? Make it play. Hey, I got nothing against Jesus. As a matter of fact, Jesus was the Lord of compassion. I believe in Jesus. I do not believe in the Catholic Church. I do not believe in hypocrisy. And that is what has affected our people. Because we haven't been programmed to believe in Jesus, the compassionate Lord. We've been programmed to believe in Jesus, the white Lord. Alright? I don't care if you believe in Allah or Buddha or whatever the hell you believe in, as long as you believe in it and you really mean it and you believe in that God inside of yourself and it's not a scam to get power over others, which is what this country is built on. So my whole thing is, black people got to wake up, alright? And black people have to make their own future. I want to make one last point. Oh, go ahead. The Black Panther movie swept the nation. Black Lightning swept the nation. Yep. We got the Black Panther taking care of the adventure, the science fiction, you know, the otherworldly arena. Black Lightning is taking care of the streets, educating the people, contemporary issues. What do they both have in common? Black Lightning, um, Black Panther, at the end of the movie, he confronts his ancestors and says, I'm not going to make your mistake. You guys are wrong. I'm going to go this way. Black Lightning, the very last episode, there's a scene, a dream scene with him and his father where he doesn't confront him or reject him, but his father says, go handle your business. In other words, black people today have to be better yeah. than black. Here's the thing. Look. We're not a monolith. When it, when it comes down to it, no, no, I no. mean... I'm when I say uh, black people, I mean every black individual that listens to me. Okay. Collectively, we're a people. I'm speaking to individuals. Alright? Because we have to learn to reject what we have been taught and see the world with new eyes. You can't build your future unless you have a sense of your present. And you can't have a real sense of your present unless you're aware of your past. Okay. Alright? This is what it's all about. It's all about apprehending your life. And like I said, God is within you. What good is that if you don't use it? You know how you use God? By standing with what you believe in every day. If you really believe in compassion, then do that. Show that. Many people, many religious people, are taught to be hypocrites. This is what I'm saying. They're taught that religion is a means of power over others. The Catholic Church is a bastion of hypocrisy. I mean, you know, they were with the Nazis and whatnot. What's the surprise? Nothing. The Spanish Inquisition, torturing people to death in the name of God, going to war in the name of Jesus. This is institutionalized hypocrisy. So my point is, look, we have a culture here we can learn from. White people made America great. White people also made America hate. Black people, in order to have a future, because right now our racist president is going to keep the white people busy so we can do our thing. And what we got to do is learn from the mistakes of the racists in our past and not make them in our future. The Black Panther and the Black Lightning, it's a good start. It's a door opening. We got to go through there with the right mentality and we got to learn the lesson. Both of them had the same lesson for the hero. Be better than your past, 
learn from your past mistakes. Makes sense. As I said, everything I'm saying is to whatever single individual is listening to me. You represent a people. You do not represent a race, but you are first and foremost a person. God is within you because there's nothing greater than you as long as you know who you are. If you don't know who you are, you're a victim to every every other every religious fanatic in the world that wants power over somebody, that's who you become a victim to. As I said, I got nothing against Jesus. I got everything everything against the white Jesus. Sorry, we are programmed as black people to, to worship. So I'm not saying that black people should follow Allah because it's a white God. No. Fuck that. Whatever God you believe in, go how about believing in him or her? Okay. This is my thing. I'm completely against hypocrisy. Alright? The only thing I represent is truth. Because truth is the only thing I want in my entire life. The only thing I've ever wanted is to know the truth. This job I got, being an artist and creating pictures yeah. and all that, they, they offered it to me, I took it. Because being an artist is not a way for me to get money or fame. It's a way for me to get to know myself, to express myself, and to share myself. That's what life is all about. Alright? I have the greatest supreme I have the supreme joy of actually getting paid to to, to, to discover myself. I'm an artist. Yeah. You ask four or five different artists what they think about being an artist and they'll tell you four or five different answers. A lot of artists want to be famous. A lot of artists want to be popular. I want to be happy. And that's what artists want. Now, I mean, we talked a little bit about Black Lightning, a lot about Jack Johnson, which you did the graphic novel for. Now, one of the questions is like you was reading my paper in front of me. <laughs> uh, but one of the questions I wanted to know, since you did such good work with those guys, what other fictional or non-fictional character would you like to get your hands on to educate the world about a little bit more? I already wrote the script. My, the, my second book is going to be about, oh, Jesus, I got two books already written. There's one about Nat Love, who is the first... Oh, um... There's something I wanted to mention. Um, oh! The, what I've said in the previous conversation, yeah. um, I wanted to make... To sum it up in, in one phrase, which I hope you will remember. Uh -huh. The thing is, Jack Johnson, like Lightning, Malcolm X, everything we talk about, knowing yourself and being happy. What I said about art makes me happy? Art gives me the opportunity to know myself. Here's my phrase. How can you ever be happy if you don't know yourself? This is my whole thing. So everything, everything you do in life is supposed to make you happy. Okay. Alright, now back to that yeah. next book. I mean like right. I mean like because you hit on some real good figures, whether that I mean Black Lightning was just a launching pad for so much you've done with Jack Johnson and quite honestly I've learned of your work via that way when I was like, Oh, I get this guy. I like this guy. So who okay that's what I said, who do you want to get your hands on next? Because I didn't know I didn't know Jack Johnson like that till I got the book. Alright, but let me tell you something that you don't know. For the 25 years I worked for DC Comics, I got three fan letters. I had no idea I had any kind of fans, alright? For 25 years I worked for DC Comics, and the editors would tell me, literally, your work does not sell, but we like you, so we'll give you work. Oh, come on! Would I bullshit you? 2001, 9-11 happened, they fired all the, the freelancers. Uh, I started doing conventions in 2003. 
That's when I found out I had fans. So for, for the past 15 years, these conventions I've been doing, right. that's when I've been reaping the rewards of the 25 years that I did at D.C. But not to get too outside baseball, first thing I said when I came over here, I said, I if I don't talk to no one else, I wanted to talk to you because of your work. So yeah, I was, al I was alive in 9-11. I still rock with your work. Well, I'm trying to tell you that uh, this attention is gratifying to me because my entire career at D.C. Comics, I had no support. This is fantastic. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I was DC Comics' first black artist. The youngest artist ever hired. Who created the first black superhero? There was never a second I was in those offices that I was not reminded that I'm a black man. Now, I'm from South America. I don't know shit about race until I came to America. I'm an immigrant. I didn't become a citizen until two years ago. So DC's comics first black uh, um, artist was not even African American. I was an American, South American. Everything I learned, I had to learn by myself because they threw me into the deep end and I had to learn how to swim. All right? Okay. Okay. Who's the, who's the guy you get your hands on next, though? Well, I'm, I'm coming to that. Right. Um, I don't want to rush you, sorry. No, that's quite right. <laughs> my next two books are kind of involved. I was trying to edit them in my head before I spoke to you. Uh, the... The one I'm working on now is the most ambitious one. It's the story of Heru, which is the story of Horus, Osiris, and Isis. This is the original ancient Egyptian myth that was written like 10,000 years ago. Um, Jesus was created in, what, 2,000 years ago? We're in 2018? 3,000 years before Jesus. Um, Horus, Osiris, and Isis. These were the, the original, this was the original Holy Trinity. The, um, the concepts that the Catholic religion is based on are all stolen from ancient Egypt. The legend of Horus, Osiris, and Isis goes like this. Osiris was the very first pharaoh, the first god. His sister um, Isis was his queen. They ruled Egypt in the beginning. There were gods on earth. Um, Osiris was as black as night. Isis was light-skinned. Osiris's brother, the evil Set, was pale of skin, had red hair and red eyes. His name was Set, S-E-T. Over the years, um, a suffix was added. He was also called Set An, A-N, S-E-T-A-N, which eventually became Satan. All right. So the original myth of Horus, Os Osiris, and Isis is that Osiris is the original Egyptian king. Set was his evil brother who um, envied the throne. So he tricked Osiris into going into this magic box, and then he sealed the box with magic spells, trapped him in that box, and um, drowned him in the river. Then um, took over Egypt, um, just like Trump is doing to America, rode it to ruin. While this was happening, Osiris's bride, sister and bride, because the Egyptians were incestuous back then, um, who's now um, Seth's bride, who's still good, while Seth was ruining Egypt after he, he killed Osiris, um, Isis 
hunted for Osiris and found him. I forgot to mention one thing. Set had also cut Osiris's body up into 14 different pieces. That's what I forgot. Oh, yeah, it's good detail. You may want to you want to open with that. Here's the thing. When Isis found him, she she found 13 13 of his of the, of the body. She put him together. The only part she could not find, and again, this is the original myth. The only part she couldn't find was his penis. So, using her magic spell, she uh, res reconstructed Osiris's dead body without his penis, and um, transformed herself into a bird. Entered into his spirit and by magical means conceived the child Horus, whose original name is Heru, H E R U, from which you get the word hero, by the way. Right. So Isis resurrected Osiris. The resurrection was originally ancient Egypt. And in the process of resurrecting Osiris, since he didn't have a penis, she immaculately conceived Heru. So Heru is the original Immaculate Conception. That sounds very Osiris, familiar. Yes, Osiris, Isis, and Heru are the original Holy Trinity. Right. So you got Set and the the pale skin, red hair, red eyed, evil brother of Osiris, who became Satan. You've got the concept of um, resurrection, immaculate conception, uh, Trinity, the Trinity, right? And then the story of uh, the story ends where um, Heru, he he. he uh, Isis raises him in secret so that his uncle's not aware that he's alive. Just like Moses is raised in secret. Again, derived from Heru. So when Heru becomes of age, he confronts his uncle Seth to um, gain the throne of Egypt. Because he is the rightful son of Osiris, who Seth had killed, so he feels I'm the rightful heir. Seth says, I'm Osiris' brother. Even though I killed him, I'm the rightful heir because I'm his brother. So this became the 82 contendings of Heru and Set. Got it. This is a classic um, uh, uh, um, battle to yep. determine the future of Egypt and the future of the world. The fate? Yes, yeah. because again, this is before Christianity. This is like 3,000 years before Christianity. Well, you still got that conflict. This is the beginning of human civilization, of humanity itself. Right? So these 82 contendings, um, the way I want to do them, the, the way I want to structure my book is I want it to open with a graphic novel which tells the story of the creation, getting up to um, Osiris's death, uh, resurrection, and then Heru's coming to coming to um, age, and then the contendings, the eighty-two contendings, will be a continuing series. I see. So the thing is, um, Heru is also called the god of wisdom and action because one of his attributes is that after every battle, just like Wolverine automatically heals. Mm -hmm. Heru automatically learns. Oh, think. All right, and I hate to be derivative. I hate to be the Highlander. Remember whenever they oh, kill? Yeah. There you go. But my, I mean, this is. The I, 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 I know. That's what said derivative. That's what said derivative. I was, Not only that, but hey, the plot to Hamlet, right? There you go. King kills his uh, brother, kills a king, and then the king's son has to fight his uncle. That's the plot to Hamlet. Yep. That's the the story of Osiris. All right, let's keep it more derivative. Mega Man, you kill someone, you take their power. Let's, let's make it more mainstream. Oh. The Lion King. There it is. Simba's got to fight his uncle yep. who killed. 
this father. Hamlet and the Lion King are based on this myth. So is the, 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 the religion of Christianity. So is basically every religion on earth was based on this original Egyptian myth. Alright? So I want to tell this story. First of all, to first of all to tell it. To tell it accurately. Horus's name, I don't even like the name Horus, because it's got the word whore in it. And we are not whore. You know, America, white people have whored us too much. So I went back to the original, Heru. Yeah. And then I find out that's where we got the word hero. The word hero was created back in ancient Egypt. Right? So that's the reason I went back to that. Uh, the Catholic, all religion is derived from that. But ancient Egypt also gave us the concept of a racism. I want to make that clear. America, you didn't create racism. You perfected it. So I got to, you know... You give, give a nice history lesson. As full disclosure, uh -huh. ancient Egypt has much that we have to acknowledge. That we have been using. Not much we have to learn from. We've been using this. We just have to acknowledge where it came from. So there are many wonderful things that ancient Egypt has to show us. But to be in the spirit of full disclosure, ancient Egyptians also created racism. So again, we have to be better than our ancestors. When I say we, I mean us humans. Okay. Not us black people. All right? I mean just humans. But yeah. all right, now I want to say this. Just be on that note. Do you think? I know you got a raw deal in the beginning, but being better as we grow, do you think the comic book industry as a whole has changed for the good? Okay, um, if I got a raw deal in the beginning, if I gave that you impression... Did, you, you, personally, you did. I don't know. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't know if I got a raw deal. I wasn't giving that... I don't know if I gave that impression. Oh, okay. I was trying to. I'm just saying how DC were, how they evolved, uh, uh, just even the character Black Lightning, what it was supposed to be, and what it's become, being better than what you started. Okay, um, I cannot answer that in terms of um, impact on the industry, okay. because I do not follow the industry. Got it. As far as myself personally. Yeah. What I, what I went to with DC and Black Lightning, um, that was a raw deal, that was an opportunity. They did not give my parents the respect of asking them to have their son draw comics. Okay. That wasn't a raw deal. That was disrespect on their part. DC Comics, when I had, when I had cancer two years ago, they um, I was drawing Superman back, Black Lightning story. They left town and they stopped communicating with me, so I had nowhere to get paid for that story. Sound like a raw deal to me? Well, this is in 2014. This is two years ago. Okay. That is a raw deal. Yeah. All right. My first book, the original Johnson, which I wrote um, 2008, that was stolen from me by my publisher's comic mix. They actually stole my original artwork. All sound like raw deals. Right. So I did 14 months um, trying to get my book back. Uh, I was 50 years old. I did 14 months unloading trucks and working in a warehouse. Minimum wage job, manual labor for an artist who's been, who, for a man who's worked as an artist for 40 years. Fortunately, I was keeping myself in shape, so ain't no big deal. But that was a raw deal, all right, because they stole my book. I ended up getting it back because they ain't been a person that's offended me that I have not gotten justice from. I got no trails in my in my in my past, no unresolved issues. So it's like whatever they've done to me in the past, if it's a raw deal, I'd have to think about it because it doesn't affect me now. My future is bright, my present is wonderful. My past, I'll think about it and tell you about it. But it don't affect what I gotta do now, and it don't affect what I'm gonna do, at least not the bad parts. So you know, all the negative shit, 
That's just negative shit. Yeah, okay. You learn from your past and you grow forward. You do not dwell on, on negativity if you want to be happy. And that's all I'm about is being happy. And clearly, and but hold on, but one other thing I want to toss, because we owe this to this people, a lot of people who's listening to this conversation right now, and how we talked about the ancestors, is there any piece of nugget or wisdom you can give them to people who aspire to be artists or who aspire to be something? What piece of wisdom would you give through your experience to help them out on their way? At least start them off with something, you know. Well, to finish answering your question before, as okay. far as the impact of change in the industry, um, as I said, I cannot answer that because I do not follow the industry. Yeah. I'm a very insular person. The only thing I know about is my career and my work. And, you know, the, the heroes I had back then. What the industry is like nowadays, I have no clue because I don't follow it. But what I do know is that young people in general, the people who read comics, the people who comics are created for, young people are becoming better people. They're becoming smarter people. They're becoming more aware people. They're becoming the kind of audience that will demand better comics. And this I love. So I can't speak on the changes in the industry, but the changes in the population, that's going to make the industry into something great. And as far as any message I want to give to anybody, the message I want to give to anybody is this. Lie to the world if you have to. If you're an artist, if you're an actor, if you're a politician, whatever. Lie to the world, create fiction. Never lie to yourself. Never lie to yourself about anything. If there's one secret I have that's behind everything I've done to this day, it's that. I've never lied to myself about anything. This is why it's important for you as a person to be your own final judge in your head as far as what your life is going to be. And the first thing I have to do is discard all of my influences. All right? When I talk about the programming society and the racist program we're, we're, we're taught to, to, to live by and, and, and act uh, uh, on, the hypocrisy in this culture that infects us is what I'm fighting against completely. And the only way you can fight that is not lying to yourself. Because when you find the beauty of telling yourself the truth, you'll find the beauty of life, which is not lying to other people. And the hardest thing you can do in life, Sam, is not lie to other people. Trust me, it's the hardest and most rewarding thing. So that's my only message to anybody that wants to listen. You want to get something from me? Never lie to yourself. That's awesome. That's it. Trevor, thank you so much. Like I said, you are an institution, sir. I could be here all day, but I, I got to do my rounds. But, man, thank you so much. Thank you so very much for listening, for asking me intelligent questions. And I'm no institution, dude. I'm just like you. I just started a little earlier. Uh, hey, hey, hey. I Anything I can do? You, oh, this is, this is the other thing. Please go ahead. Plug. Go. Do what you got to do. If you see anyone doing anything that's humanly possible, why can't you do it? The answer is knowledge. You can do anything you want to do. Anything you see someone else do, you can do better. All you have to do is find the right knowledge. Again, black America, us as a collective whole, we need to know the right thing to build our future. And the right thing is who we are. Not who we've been told to, to believe we are or try to be like. Who we are. And you can only find out who you are by being honest with yourself. Matt, leave on that. That is awesome. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you.
All right, there you have it. I told you he's a great guy to talk to. He had we only scratched the surface when it comes down to Mr. Trevor Von Eden. This guy is in many ways. He's just awesome. Great to talk to. I hope we can get him back because I know there's more stories in there. I know we've only scratched the surface. Always check him out. Please Google him, Mr. Trevor by Eden. I'm sure he's coming to a Comic Con near you. Obviously, check out one of his uh, major works, Black Lightning, already scheduled for season two. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can catch season one on the CW app as well as Netflix or wherever you are. Um, as far as the original Johnson, please go to samshownation.com. You click that Amazon link and you look up the original Johnson. Um, dig his work. He's awesome. Um, as far as our work goes, I want to say thanks again to my guest, Mr. Trevor Von Eden. But everything revolving around the Just Talk with Sam podcast can be found at samshownation.com. Yes, samshownation.com is your home for everything revolving around the Just Talk with Sam podcast. It's right there. Um, social media, as far as Facebook and Instagram, you can hit us up at Just Talk with Sam. Uh, no G and Talking, Just Talk with Sam. And um, Google, uh, Gmail, you can find us at Just Talk with Sam, No G and Talking at gmail.com. Just Talk with Sam, No G and Talking. Um, just talk with Sam at gmail.com. You can talk to me personally on Twitter at SamShow11. This was an awesome interview, and I cannot thank my guest again, Mr. Trevor Vine Eden, for just, just gracing us with his presence. He's a great guy. Get into his work, man. I'm sure he appreciated it, and I know you will be thanking yourself when you read and watch some of the artistry, the magic that is Mr. Trevor Vine Eden. I will see you guys next week. Peace out, guys. SamShowNation.com. See you guys next week.